Welcome to the FGOSO Podcast. I'm your host, Aristotle Domingo, and joining me today is pioneer of adaptive yoga and author of Yoga for Amputees, Marsha Therese Danzig. Welcome, Marsha, to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Great. Thank you for joining me today. Let me give you a little bit of background on how Marsha and I met. Uh, we met in 2017 during the Amputee Coalition conference out in St. Louis. Is that correct? I can't recall exactly. But I, it, it there's might been have been North Carolina or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I was about six or seven months in my amputation, mm-hmm. post-amputation at the time, mm-hmm. when, when you and I met. And I have had doubts. I practiced yoga before. Never had doubts about uh, practicing yoga, yoga again. And I happened to take your class that one morning. I think it was the first morning after we all arrived. And, um, and I just fell back in love with practicing yoga. So I wanted to touch base with you and, and, and have a chat with you about yoga for amputees. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and also about your book, which I've got here as well. So the Yoga for Amputees book, um, which we'll talk about a lot more. But first, I'd like for all, for all of you, of course, to, to meet Marsha first. So Marsha, can you introduce us to yourself and give a little bit of your story to us and share that with us? Sure. Uh, well, I was at the Amputee, Amputee Coalition because I indeed am an amputee like you. And I did have uh, bone cancer when I was little. And movement was my way to not just survive physically, but I think also emotionally really kept, kept me in balance. And anytime I could come back to movement, that's what I did. So I was always dancing and doing gymnastics. And then uh, in my early 20s, I, be, I began to practice yoga more, um, uh, not proficiently, that's not the right word, but more, a lot more. And so it's been a way of life for me for a long time now. It's been 30 something years that I've been practicing. And it changes all the time. I think I went through a period of really assertive, aggressive physical yoga about 15 years ago. And now I just want to kind of plop and maybe do a twist (laughs) and take some deep breaths and have someone guide me through relaxation. So it really depends on what your needs are and what you want to get out of yoga. But for me, yoga has been about um, devoting devoting my practice to uh, spiritual development. And so I tend to be more of a um, devotional yogi, if that makes sense. Yeah, I know. Uh, what I really um, liked about the book was that explained both the practice and the physiology as an amputee and what we go through. Um, mm-hmm. Again, one of my challenges was I couldn't connect it in my head with regards to how do I do this post now or how do I do this now? Mm-hmm. Because of at the time, I was only missing my one left leg if I could say that politically correct. And then I was wearing a brace on the other leg. So I found it difficult to do a lot of the poses. But then what you made me realize in that one class was how accessible it can be and how accessible yoga can really be and how, you know, I could go back to working on my flexibility, which is really core for getting back um, on our feet in our case, right? Mm -hmm. And just getting healthy and getting strong. Mm -hmm. I remember feeling after the class just rejuvenated and and sweated off a lot of the things and it's just it's something that i remembered and then it mm-hmm. all kind of came back and go oh i can do this and then i wanted to explore yoga some more again practicing as an as an adaptive athlete and for an athlete like myself it's really important to be flexible and to be stretched properly and and to have to be limber if you will especially in in, in running that i do it's it's a great book and i just wanted to explore uh, the book with you 
it, it, you said, how long were you practicing yoga um, after amputation? Or you were practicing yoga before too? Uh, no, I was not. I mean, I, I played around with poses as a kid um, just mm -hmm. because I would see pictures of Indian yogis, you know, right. in funny, you know, funny positions. Right. Uh, it was more about gymnastics and acrobatics. Right. Um, so I, I've always been a, a mover. Um, and then I didn't know that I could do yoga with mm -hmm. my limb loss. And I, I found that I could find a way to do it. And I just kept adapting and adapting and adapting. And then eventually I ended up making this my career. So it's been my right. career for a long time, <laughs> 20 something right. years. <laughs> and it really shows in the book. Like I said, you, you went through the book really explaining uh, the physicality of, of our own bodies. You went through not only the, the, the science behind how our muscles move and, and how our limbs move and how the bone moves and all of that, but also how each yoga pose and the practice kind of helps each, you know, each of those along the way. Um, what yeah. I particularly like about the book also is that you showed each pose in the most, in an adaptive way, both upper limb and lower limb as well. Yep. So there's really yep. a guide in, you know, a step-by-step -step careful guide to someone, for someone to follow it safely in their own homes using everyday things at home. So I really like yeah. how that's put together in the book. And I was going to say, that's got to come from years and years of experience of, of practicing yoga for yourself. So you yourself is the experiment, I guess, if you will, of your body. Mm -hmm. And then let me do it, you know, let me show people how to do it. And, and you've really made it accessible. So thank you. It says here, I was just reading on, um, on, you know, on the Meet Marsha page, it says, on my yoga mat, as I practice yoga, the physical, tangible way, I came to accept myself fully after all the years of thinking I already had. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. so I wanted to explore that a little bit in that when I practice yoga, I do meditation before I go in and, mm -hmm. you know, before I start my yoga. And then I don't, I don't know if I'm really aware of, of years of thinking what I already have or thinking what I already had. It's more of a thank you for what I have at the mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. I don't tend to, I, I don't dwell on that past too much and I don't yeah. know if that's just me or not, but it's more yeah. of a blessing and a thank you for having, having come this far yes. and then practicing and meditating on my yoga and then bringing that forward after the yoga and releasing everything. Like I said, I feel mm -hmm. like a release when I practice. And so it's like mm -hmm. working on a new day. So people may be practicing in the morning, you know, to be doing yoga. Um, I guess accepting oneself and, you know, that line, it says, I, I, come, I came to accept myself fully after all these years of thinking I already had. So mm -hmm. I wanted to explore that a little bit and what did sure. you mean by that? Sure. So I, I've always been independent. I've always kind of done my thing. And I have to say, I'm going to say it proudly, but I've been an innovator without meaning to be for a long time, you know, Absolutely. and I wouldn't listen to what people said I could or couldn't do. I just would do it. And it would, and you might know this too, if someone said I couldn't do it, I would just, oh Watch yeah, me. right, you know, so <laughs> I think other people it. can relate to that. Um, but I think there was a piece missing in terms of integrating, uh, that I, integrating the whole person somehow, that I was still, I would say, compartmentalizing a little bit. And how it came out, especially is as a teacher, uh, you know, I would, share in a very laid back casual way. So I'd say, oh, I have a prosthetic leg. Let's, let's do yoga. 
And some people would be like, what is she talking about? I don't even know what that is. And then they would see that my foot wasn't moving and they'd be like, okay, okay, I guess I'm supposed to keep my foot like that. Right. Uh, But what, what was happening was I was ignoring that there was still some grief there, that there was still some just unintegrated places. And I feel like what yoga did was help me to uh, come back to clearing out old emotions and mm-hmm. old beliefs and old perspectives that I didn't even know that I had still. And how that came to be was I'm a prover. Uh, my mother used to say to me that every time I got angry, I would get another degree. <laughs> so two years ago, I started to apply for a PhD. And right. I said, Marsha, <laughs> you're angry about something. <laughs> so, and I didn't get in. So, right. um, but I had been in a PhD program uh, when I had other medical issues. So right. um, the point being that it was almost like an escape instead of what yoga does is it helps you to really, not in a mean way, but it helps you to really face the, the layers that are in your body, mind, and spirit. And that's the point of the poses. The poses were designed to move the physical body so that your mind could begin to relax, so that you could meditate. And a lot of people have a struggle with meditation because they don't want to be in their head. You know, so the poses, right. the poses are a way to get there. Just right. like a fidgety two-year-old, you know, that right. you might want to have run around for a little while and then they can take a nap. <laughs> no, so mm-hmm, it's very, mm-hmm. we're, we're the same as adults, I think. Right. Um, I'm going to bring up a couple of things that you touched on, which was um, one is the um, about your mother. Well, okay, we'll start with the limitless one, the limited, the limited one. I also feel the same way when somebody says you can't do it. It's always mm-hmm. been in me, even before my amputation, that, oh, watch me. It always yeah. feels like I have to prove something. Maybe it's the fourth child syndrome or whatever it may be, <laughs> or the middle child syndrome. But it's like, but watch me do it. So in my life, and maybe you know, the build, that's the building blocks to where I am today with how I handled my, my, my amputation. It's always that I have to be on, you know, uh, trying things and then mm-hmm. sort of watch people or not so much to prove people wrong, but sort of watch people go, ah, he can do it, mm-hmm. you know, and that go-getter attitude, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And then my mother also mm-hmm. says, and I'm like, I, you know, your mom and I, uh, your mom and my mom, must be thinking the same level. She calls me a fire starter <laughs> in that I always start something new every mm-hmm. so often. It's like reinventing yourself each time mm-hmm. around, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and it's just the way of being creative and being free. And, and to me, and that's, that's, that's really mm-hmm. key in, in, in my life is to, to always put my uh, creative juices somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. I find with yoga is that it stills me. It keeps me still mm-hmm. and it centers me. Um, especially when you close your eyes and you do those breathing. I do reflect on a, on a lot of things, but I said like more things that not so much think back and regret some movement, some things mm-hmm. in my past, mm-hmm. but sort of be look at it from a positive way of you are where you are because of the choices mm-hmm. you've made and yeah. turn it in more yeah. into a blessing, in, you know, like I was saying before, right. instead of, oh no, and, and be a victim of what has happened. Yeah. Yep. Right? Well, it's a way I to mean, move forward. Yeah. Well, a lot, and even that, uh, yoga's given me the opportunity to really say, you know, good job, Marsha, look what you've done, you know, and actually be okay with that because I tend to be very um, self-deprecating, but with yoga, 
Right. I've, I've really acknowledged, you know, this was, this is what you've been through and what you've achieved and accomplished. And your, your attitude is really something to be proud of, you know, and that you keep choosing life and choosing joy. And if, and that's my life motto, you know, if it, if it doesn't bring my, bring me joy, um, I'm probably not going to do it unless I have to like taxes or something. But if, <laughs> if I do taxes, I can still be uh, happy and grateful that I have a job and that I can pay taxes. You know, there's all right. sorts of ways of looking at something. Right. <laughs> no, I, I, I know. And, and that resonates with me as well. It's just mm-hmm. um, one of the things that, again, kind of is close <laughs> to me. And my, maybe this is why we collect somehow uh, <laughs> since meeting you. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you also touched on the grief portion Mm -hmm. uh, when we were talking Mm -hmm. about earlier. And it is funny because I guess I talk about grief in both my professional life um, and also in my own sort of personal self-care when I was going through my limb loss. Um, Mm -hmm. And I say that in that in the corporate world, we talk about uh, the grief of the five stages of of, uh, grief, which is Mm -hmm. the the Kubler-Ross method. Right, mm-hmm. the the denial, the I, I don't have all five of them in my head now. Yeah, but we yeah. go through the thing when we talk about changes in the company. So when we're talking about a new policy being changed, a new procedure being changed, or a, a completely new change in the company, we go through the grief process for everybody to move them along the process of change. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to on the grief or or the five stages mm-hmm. of grief as it's applied to limb loss because you've t- you've talked about it in your book. I think a lot of a lot of our amputee family don't quite move past the whole denial portion or maybe what's mm-hmm. the next step after that. I believe there's, we anger. always go with the denial anger and the mm-hmm. bargaining probably is where mm-hmm. a lot of people get stuck. Mm-hmm. How do you uh, equate your, the, the practice in, mm-hmm. into that or, you know, or, or does yeah. the whole grief work throughout the, the practice? Yeah. So it's the one thing is <clears throat> a lot of times I won't, address grief directly when I'm teaching. I'll just have it in the back of my mind that I might see somebody in the class and I can just tell that they might be in a stage of denial or anger. And I just teach practices, you know, like there's anger release practices. There's practices to be in the present moment. When you're in the present moment, you usually become aware very quickly if you allow yourself to that you might be in denial about something. You, and you also might become aware in the last stage of acceptance, you know, that you're in that place of acceptance. So stilling the mind, um, releasing tension, all those things, it's all about bringing consciousness awareness to mm-hmm. what's really going on. And when you're in that process, you do, you do come to terms with things, I think. If you, right. if you, decide, if you, if you really want to make the change, that's the other thing. You can say you want to make a change. And I've worked with students for many years who say they want to make the change. But when it comes right down to it, they're either not ready or they really don't want to. So as a yoga teacher, all I can do is accept them where they are and keep teaching the same thing over and over. And it might land eventually. Um, But for people who say, I want to make the change, they will begin to have a consciousness around the habits and behaviors that might be keeping them in the past or keeping them in mm-hmm. a cycle of grief, mm-hmm. you know, and one of the cycles of grief could be anger or hostility or um, proving something. I think that's a big one. I think when you, I see a lot of amputees um, proving that they can do something and that missing right. step is there. 
that integrative step is not there. You go from the limb loss to being, you know, on Dancing with the Stars, right? So there's right. that in-between, that in-between piece. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, yeah. um, I, and I hear that, I find with a lot of our amputee community, and to your point about that, you know, there's the grief part and then Dancing with the Stars. When, you, when they don't sort of reconcile the in-between, I think there's a lot more challenges that happens mm -hmm. for the amputee, mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah. Physically and, and mentally, yeah. you know, and again, for me, yoga was a big part in, in connecting those and reconciling those. Because when I yes. am in those moments, you know, whether I'm just, you know, making the sound and, and being aware of my, being aware of my breathing was, has become really important for me. Mm -hmm. um, especially when there's a lot of environmental noises. I think I shared this a while back on my Instagram with, when I was still in hospital for my second amputation, where it wasn't just noise of people talking. I can handle noise of people talking. But when it's negative noise of people talking, not mm -hmm. only about themselves or the people around there are constantly complaining. And I get that um, because we're on all different stages of our journey as an amputee. Mm -hmm. But it starts to affect you both physically and mentally mm -hmm. as well. And so for me, a lot of times was the breathing exercise of release of just the deep breaths and it just relaxes mm -hmm. me, right? And it, like I said yeah. earlier, it centers me. Yeah. And then as an athlete to do that, to be aware of your breathing, especially mm -hmm. when you're running, has become really important for me to be aware when, when my lungs are expanding, when I'm taking the right breath at the right time. So I think that practice of, of just being aware of your whole system when you're, when you're practicing, it applies to everything that, that you do throughout your day, whether that be in the Absolutely. office, having a rough day, or working out, you know, like I said, if I'm running, I'm going, nope, not breathing right. That's why my heart is beating fast. I got to center myself back. And, and so, yeah. you know, and, and that breathing practice allowed me to, to do that and be aware of my body. At the same time, being aware of my limbs, really, and placements mm -hmm. of them, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so it's helped me a lot that way. Now, in your book, you talked, about, you talked also about strengthening and centering yourself and, and finding or making, I guess, doing poses that, that, uh, that strengthen your physicality as mm -hmm. an amputee, mm -hmm. right? What are those key things, if you're going to take a couple of pages out of the book to say, you know, these are our good core exercises, or these are core poses that will help you, you know, with either your recovery as post-surgery or start wearing your prosthesis and post when you're, you're out doing your, your everyday things and you continue practicing uh, adaptive sure. yoga? Sure. So uh, the way I like to map out yoga is there's a series of poses and then the best case scenario is if you do one of each of them. So one is a standing pose, one is a seated pose, a forward bend pose, a back bend pose, on your back pose, on your belly, and a twist. So if the person can't get to the floor, they're not going to be on their back or on their belly, but they can do all those other poses in a chair. For example, a standing pose, you can do seated, such mm -hmm. as mountain pose. And that mountain is really the foundation for everything. I teach that you, you want to find your inner mountain. Uh, and from your inner mountain, which is your sense of, so, you know, your solid sense of yourself, then you can move with a lot more strength and flexibility. And from mountain, um, you know, honestly, Aristotle, it depends on the person because right. I have to see how many limbs they have and whether they're wearing prosthetics or not and 
what their mobility level is. But I would say mountain and some kind of twist and some kind of back bend and some kind of forward bend. So the best case scenario is six movements of the spine. One of my challenges before was to find my flow. Mm-hmm. Um, and the book really helped me to get that out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And see, so for you to point yeah. out those things going, ah, yes, that makes sense now. That's why my mm-hmm. flow that I pick works this way is I start sure. with some standing and some, well, you know, and imagine, the end, I mean, lying down also. in our just, class like you with two limbs missing and then you have somebody with one below knee and then you have somebody with four limbs missing. They're all going to come in and out of their flow very, very differently. Right. Time-wise as well. <laughs> so. Right. <laughs> right. Now, have you always had students who are just starting yoga as an amputee or, or they were they're practicing before or you, you've had a mix of, of students as well mm-hmm. that way? I've had a mix. Uh, I've also had a couple of students who were yoga teachers um, and then lost their limb and came back to it. Um, so it's been a mixture. And I, I think the overriding connection for all of us is that uh, there's a sense of relief if you did do yoga before, like, oh, I can still do it. I can still find yeah. a way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, that was it for me. Um, mm-hmm. was like, oh, I can do this. I can really mm-hmm. do this again. So, mm-hmm. you know, that rediscovery yeah. Of, yeah. of something, right? So, so yeah. that's been good. What would you say to somebody who's never done yoga before their amputation and want to explore yoga now, whether they've mm-hmm. heard it from rehab or mm-hmm. uh, somebody just talking about it and like, you know, it really strengthened strengthen you know, myself when, for example, I'll give you an example and maybe that'll sure. make a little bit more sense. So when I go in and do uh, support, peer support in hospitals or whatever, and that mm-hmm. happens around areas where there's rehab going on and I could be talking with someone and they'll mm-hmm. say, oh, I practice adaptive yoga or I practice yoga, you know, mm-hmm. sort of a way for them to realize, you know, uh, as an example of I can do the things I was able to do before in a more adaptive way that it fits me, mm-hmm. right? So what would you, I guess, say to, or what would you say to a person who's new to limb law practicing yoga? Like, how would you get them started? How you get? How would you get sure. them to? Sure. So first, I teach them a lot of breathing techniques to help them right. with anxiety and building confidence and pain management. And then I would teach about breathing and movement together, mm-hmm. and see what their range of motion is, their ROM, range of motion. Right. And from there, then I would probably do what I usually do, which is the six movements of the spine, which is what I talk about. Um, that you want to make sure that um, they know that, that everything moves from the center to the periphery. That mm-hmm. Even if you're missing a limb, your movement starts in the core, not at the extremities. And a lot of us think that it does start, you know, in our arm or our shoulder or our hip. When really it starts in our navel and in our center of our heart and our spine. You know, and, and what's <laughs> funny is I do practice yoga and I just, that's what you just said, clicked something in me just now while oh, we good. were talking. Good. Because, you know, again, I think my struggle was or my barrier was was thinking about limbs moving and that's mm-hmm. why I couldn't practice it. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, well, I can't do a warrior pose, which I love. It's one of my mm-hmm. favorite poses. Mm-hmm. You know, to be, I was like, to, to stretch your arms like that and do this, you know, was I thought, oh, well, I can't do that anymore. My, my, I can't support myself with my prosthetic legs being that way mm-hmm. um, because then obviously I'd fall over or, or that. So I was stuck in sure. thinking about my limb movement instead of 
to your point, everything is through the navel. Yeah, it really is. Just like an umbilical cord. We all, when we start moving in the womb, we move from the center and out. I always talk about like an octopus, you know, just, or a starfish. Right, right. Yeah. That, yeah Which no, means you're more clicked. fluid, you know. That right. We can tap into our water, water body because we're mostly water. Right. Wow, that's that's <laughs> <laughs> that that's 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 amazing. Again, it just clicked for me, you know, like an aha moment and a, and a light bulb moment. <laughs> right. Don't think about how your limbs move, regardless whether it's there or not. You know, it's like don't yeah. limit. Again, going back to the limit yeah. question is don't limit yourself because you don't think you can achieve a warrior pose because you don't have the upper limb to create the pose itself, mm-hmm. or you're not mm-hmm. extending enough. But to your point, mm-hmm. being it with the center of the body and and moving the spine and that connects everything um, yeah and everybody ought to be moving that way because it reduces injury and it helps you from getting arthritis and you know rounded backs and hip replacements right. and all of that is when we use our center we waste less energy wow it yeah. must have taken you a long <laughs> time to write this book because every time i look at it i'm going just just the process of looking at all the photos and Mm-hmm. Um, and each step to, to, to depose. How long did it take you to write this book? You know, uh, it went in stages. Uh, I did a, I did a, I had a whole vision for how I wanted it to be, and then I changed my mind. So I, okay. I, I wrote it by chapters about what I thought would be important to put in the book. And mm-hmm. I have a friend who runs Accessible Yoga, and he was teasing me because he said, "Marcia, you basically wrote the book of yoga." Not just yoga for amputees, you basically explained everything. And I couldn't help myself. I felt like if a person wants to learn about yoga, they ought to be able to find it in the Yoga for Amputees book too, not just a book of poses, you know? <laughs> right. No, that's that's kind of what I wanted to go back to earlier is that I like that. Um, I love the connection and the explanation of each and how mm. each is interconnected. And yes, mm. your, your friend is right in that reading this book, it's not just a, a yoga for amputees, really. Mm-hmm. It is a yoga practice itself, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's the practice mm-hmm. itself. And, and again, just the explanation of, you know, this body part and moving it into this position and all of that kind of sure. all, you know, and talking about innovation before, this is, I think, the only book that I know of anyway, and, and you're the only mm-hmm. one that I know that teaches yoga for amputees as well, or that it started. Well, it's, they're starting. They're starting. They're starting to be more. Um, a lot of them are certified through me, you know, right. so, which is awesome. Um, you know, and it, it's different. I mean, I, I was kind of bummed out. A friend of mine did an accessible yoga training a couple of weeks ago, and he had 300 people, oh, and wow. I have two. <laughs> so, but the two people can influence so many people in their Absolutely. individual countries, you know, cause it's, it's just a smaller tribe of people to work with. Right. Uh, it's Absolutely, very specific. You know. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> so. But again, um, I have only attended yoga classes with you, um, since mm-hmm. becoming an MBT because again, maybe it's still just my barrier in that I feel that I'm not going to be able to move as well in a, in a regular uh, yoga mm-hmm. class. Yeah. Um, so that means we need more, Yoga for amputees teachers in Toronto. That's all. Absolutely. I, <laughs> yes, plug that in there. We do need more yoga for, for uh, or adaptive yoga uh, practices or instructors, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, to teach mm-hmm. those classes. No, absolutely. And, and I agree. Now, you mm-hmm. do teach classes online also, correct? Do you mm-hmm. do uh, uh, just for instructors or do you do it for people who want to practice as well? 
Sure. So the, even the book itself. So the book has three audiences. It has amputees. And then it has yoga teachers and yoga therapists. And right. then clinicians, you know, mm-hmm. clinicians and rehab hospitals. So I was trying to think of all people. Um, so with the teaching, the, the yoga for amputees uh, has a training. And it trains yoga teachers and yoga therapists because they already have a lot of training in yoga. And we pick, I want to say we, the we is me, but mm-hmm. I still think of it as we. Right. Uh, we pick really qualified, caring teachers to present our work, you know, and uh, our master trainer, who you know of, Matt, is Lucy. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. trained her, and she does a lot of the live trainings because she's, she's an energizer bunny. She can do it. <laughs> um, <Yes. laughs> so and I, I get more tired. So I like right. the online trainings because I could do it in short doses. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have a we have a basically a team, and there it's growing. You know, there's people all over. Uh, but about three weeks ago, I launched. Maybe it's two weeks ago. I launched launched Yoga for Amputees on Demand, which mm-hmm. is specifically for amputees. So the idea is you can do a drop in class. For, there's a live stream class every week, and we're going to have our guest instructors come in. So, for example, this week we have Capuchin. She's one of our certified teachers, and she's going to teach on shoulders and neck um and everything is designed specifically for amputees Um, and then the yoga for amputees on demand is also you know there's 21 day yoga challenge there's 30 day breathing challenge there's all access there's a beginner's class series also so the courses are pre-recorded for those on-demand ones and then you you host live ones also Mm -hmm. yeah so it's both yep and they're very low cost they're what is the drop-in is two ninety nine. Oh, okay, so, so absolutely yeah. affordable. Yeah, um, and and the website for that again is yoga for amputees on demand dot com. Oh, awesome dot com. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That, no, that that sounds great. I mean, I, again, um, I've taken Lucy's class and I've taken your class. Mm-hmm. Um, I've taken your class live, um, and then I do a lot of the, the you know, like I said, I've kind of created. For me, the book was I was able to create my flow that works for me. Oh, good. Okay, good. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so sometimes when I do watch um, uh, yoga um, videos on YouTube or whatever, it's mm-hmm. like, no, I kind of like my flow better. <laughs> Good. See, you know your thing. Yeah, that's, exactly. I think again, it's just being, knowing the knowing your own body at that point, right? Mm-hmm. It's like these ones yeah. help me relax. These ones help me. Yeah. Again, I'm going to go back to that, and we've talked about this in in passing too about my running and, and what I do. Mm-hmm. Yoga for me again, just kind of just clears my mind you know back to that negative talk earlier that i was talking about when i'm in that and i get bombarded with that is then i go Mm -hmm. into my breathing and i go into my meditation it just flushes it all out and kind of just comes out of it the other end you know and then (laughs) and then in those quiet moments for yourself i find that i can actually kind of just go nope doesn't affect you does not affect you yeah you know it's like nope like that's just noise on the outside. So that's kind yes. of what helped me both with yoga and my running is that it allows me to focus on myself and allows mm-hmm. me to, you know, from mm-hmm. my, the mind perspective and spiritually as well. But then at the mm-hmm. same time, strengthening physically yes. has helped me a lot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So especially right now, I have a shoulder injury. So mm-hmm. <laughs> a bit of mm-hmm. a bit of non-touching the shoulder. <laughs> yes. Uh, is sort yeah. of, hap- you know, is, you know, but I still get my, 
my workout in there somehow, if you will, especially with COVID-19 mm-hmm. not being mm-hmm. able to go out, out to a gym or as much yeah. as possible as I can. Practicing yoga mm-hmm. in my living room and in the quiet and stillness of the room, I can, you know, I can then just center myself and find myself again, if you will. Mm-hmm. Right. I, uh, I feel like I want to give you a little yoga tip. Is that okay? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Okay. So one of the things you can do to help with the shoulder um, is to really think about when you really focus on your pranayama, your breath, and mm-hmm. really feel like you're envisioning the lungs as an organs filling up mm-hmm. so that they actually support your shoulders, like so full. And then let the shoulders just relax on these very full lungs on the inhale. And then on the exhale, they relax down and the, the lungs stay full, if that makes sense. But there's... Wow. Yeah. So just so almost like you have pillars underneath your shoulders, but they're your lungs. There you go. Right. So then, right. <laughs> but they, then, okay. you know, they start at the bottom and they go all the way up and they spread out, right? Mm-hmm. They get towards the top and then really almost like wings that are supporting your shoulders. And that might help just release some of that tension there. But it's from the inside. Right. Rather than Again, the outside. Sort yeah. of, right. Yeah. So healing from the inside. Yes. Um, from the mind, yeah. from the body, just healing from the inside out. What other sort of, I guess, just exploring on the tips. If someone says, oh, I don't know how to do this. Maybe we've kind of touched up, you know, touched mm-hmm. a little bit on it and like, oh, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to do this. And mm-hmm. the book, again, like I said, illustrates mm-hmm. a lot of those things. In just sort of that little tip that you provided me, someone who comes to you, let's say after a class or whatever, says, you know, mm-hmm. I really had struggles in doing that. How do you sort of remove that barrier and so that they feel more confident in, in attempting that move or do you, do you, sure. do you what, what sort of the next steps would, would you recommend to the person sure so one of the reasons I like doing what I'm about you know to do now with this yoga for amputees on demand is that people have to fill out a health form so I know what's going on with them and right. so by the time I've taught the, when I'm teaching the class I have them in mind already so if I knew you had a shoulder injury and you're coming to beginners yoga I know exactly what kind of poses I can teach you and how to teach them. And then during the live class, I direct you and say, Aristotle, try it this way because I already know what's going on, if that makes sense. So that's what a a smart yoga teacher does is they they actually get a health form. Right. I was just going to say that, again, it's all kind of coming back to me when I take live classes with you. Mm -hmm. Um, When you say, oh, do it this way for you guys who are below Mm -hmm. the amputees or do it this Mm way. You are just so aware of everybody in the room. I mean, there's the last class I've taken, I think there's about 30 of us in the room, and yeah. there's other people out in the hallway. And know, you're still able to, <laughs> and you're still able to go if you are a below knee amputee, or if you're an above knee amputee, or you, you know, you're a below elbow or above elbow, you still showed us a move. And it felt, mm-hmm. it didn't feel like a, a big yoga class. It felt, you know, still individual in that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't yeah. feel left out of the group. And that's what I was going back to what I was saying before is I yeah. feel like I would feel left out if I attend a normal yoga class or I should say a normal class, yeah. a regular yeah. class where mm-hmm. a, an instructor may not pay attention to my needs um, mm-hmm. as an amputee or any injuries I have. Because I guess the, mm-hmm. the assumption is when you go in, you're healthy and we're going to do poses and good luck to you. Where you take that extra yeah. step to just make sure that also, just to be, you know, be mindful of our bodies, and I think with your, with mm-hmm. your, with you being mm-hmm. an amputee also and sharing that, but you also as a, just a caring person. Again, it never clued into me as to 
why mm-hmm. you ended doing that in class, but it makes a lot of sense because mm-hmm. then it, I still feel in, you know, it's an individual effort on your part to make me feel yeah. that I belong in the class. Like good, I said, there are people good. in the hallway taking that class. I know. And they're I still able to follow it. So. <laughs> that was really neat. Well, you yeah. know, I did have some experience early on when I was teaching where, and it was challenging at first, but I, I had fun too. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. I, it was like a play date because I used to teach, I would say young adults. They're probably around 15 to 30 mm-hmm. and they're young adults with special needs. And I would go into the class, there'd be a, you know, an adult with cerebral palsy, there'd be an adult with autism, one who's blind, you know, one who's nonverbal. And you know, I would just go, okay, and see what happened. And, and there, were, there were people that would interrupt the class because they had tics or something like that. And you just, right. I just learned to keep going. And I found that the first time I did it, it was hard because I didn't know what I was doing. I, I felt like I didn't know what I was doing, but I just right. stayed with the idea that I was trying to include, that I wanted to include everybody. And even the, the ones who said, I'm not doing this, they would say, say that out loud to me, I'm not doing this. Right. At the end, they shared, I feel so peaceful. I feel so relaxed. And right. I would say, that's wonderful. So I learned how to really see all those different bodies and just be in the moment and prepare. So amputees are kind of breezy after that, you know, because <laughs> they're also, you know, different, they're physical challenges, but they're also mental challenges mm-hmm. as well. Um, and then it's weird when I teach what I call a regular class. I don't know, like I'm not used to the language anymore where I'm so used mm-hmm. to thinking about everybody that I've been teaching a chakra immersion class and it's not adaptive. It's just a regular yoga class. Oh, okay. I'm like, oh my gosh, what, you know, <laughs> I'm about to say, you know, if hands are available or, yeah. <laughs> you know, or if you have your press leaves. I said, oh, I don't, I didn't do I know. that with this class. Yeah. I think in one of the classes you said to me, oh, take off. Um, your processes because it'll mm-hmm. be an easier way of doing that because I think you saw mm-hmm. me with challenging you know with a challenge mm-hmm. with with yeah cre- I remember that you did a warrior on your knees yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> and then since that class I've been doing warrior on my knees and I still awesome. do war- warrior on my knees um, you know it's again it's what works for me and still achieve mm-hmm. the whole practice mm-hmm. you know without my process I have tried it with process it's much harder because I can't yeah. obviously yeah. my ankles to to do any, yeah. you know, to adjust. And then sure. just, it just was a little bit more um, restricting, I guess, if you will. And then yeah. so, you know, they're hard, they're hard things. So mm-hmm. I, when I've taken them off, I just feel that my body is no longer concentrating on how to make that prosthetic move. It's just moving my yes. body. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. So again, instead of Both you work. focusing on going, yeah. hmm, on my, you know, oh, that thing hurts. Now you're like, so then you're not really in the practice. Whereas when yeah. I removed it, then I know, okay, my knees are, you know what I mean? Like the, yes. the things yeah. are just happening. Well, so. I would say you're still in the practice. If you have the prosthesis on and you say, oh, this, this hurts. You lose the practice when you say to yourself, I'm just going to ignore that. <laughs> 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 you, you stay in the practice when you say, I'm curious, why does this hurt? <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, for me, I just like, you know what? I'm just going to take it off. Yeah, just, just take it off. Just, just take it off. Take it off. <laughs> well, I know one a lot time, of striptease in yoga with amputees, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, one time I did, um, I said, you know, I'm going to take off my shoes and just be like, like in your normal yoga practice where I just have my foot mm-hmm. shell. 
and mm-hmm. I slid off everywhere. Yes. I'm like, okay, so that's yes. just not safe. No. So I'm like, no, no. we're taking it off. Nothing about looking yeah. good at this point. It's just, no. we're just going no. <laughs> to take it off yeah. and worry about myself instead of worrying mm-hmm. what I look like doing it. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes yeah. with a lot of, that part of the confidence is an APT also, is mm-hmm. that the, mm-hmm. the, the body, the, the body shame that we give ourselves going, oh, I don't mm-hmm. look right or whatever. Yeah. You know, I think having that mindset, of, I'm, I'm just going to be about me mm-hmm. for this practice and I don't care what mm-hmm. everyone else thinks what I look wow. like doing it. Well, and, and honestly, in an amputee yoga class, that's the freedom I find is that I right. can be teaching and I say, hold on one second and take the prosthesis <laughs> off and say, try it this way, put right. the prosthesis back on or try it this way. Right. Nobody's going to be shocked unless they're new to amputation that might be shocking mm-hmm. to see right. that. But in general, it doesn't even come up. You know, the beginner's right. class we're doing now, the students are not wearing their prosthetics and one person doesn't even have her liner on. She's a double amputee. Right. Just comes in. And this, she's a new amputee. But um, it's just fine. You know, nobody right. even sees it. So, I know. I, yeah. I think that's one of the good things about going to those classes and going to mm-hmm. those sort of all amputees or everybody kind of together where you kind of yes. it's like well i you know they have uh they're missing an arm or missing a leg it's not about that at all it's just i'm just here to mm-hmm. practice at this yep. point right yeah you could take and find a way to practice how can i do it yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. right so so yeah. i think it's it's really helpful that way now you mm-hmm. mentioned the chakra immersion uh-huh. program yeah i started doing that again i used to teach trainings in chakras uh, for many years and in the yoga community, there's, there's sort of drama around that, whether they exist or not. But, right. you know. so I was going to say, so can you explain that a little yeah. bit? Let's explore that a little bit. Or it's just so, silly. But I've always, right. I've always felt them. And, you know, uh, they're basic, the idea is that there's, there are energy centers in the body. And there's seven right. main energy centers. And they, they correspond to, I would say, themes, life themes, right? So. Mm-hmm. The root chakra is all about the life theme of survival, basic needs, um, money, career, uh, health. Um, And then we'll say like the throat chakra is about personal self-expression, creativity, listening well, being Mm -hmm. heard, uh, saying things that are truthful. You know, so they each have a theme. And when everything's in balance, as you can imagine then the themes in your life are kind of moving forward as they should. But we often have injuries, uh, I'm going to call them spiritual injuries along the Mm -hmm. way, and we might not even know about it, but they might be keeping us in a behavior pattern or a belief system or didn't even know kind of thing. Um, And uh, and I think, you know, certain cultures tend to have more energy in certain chakra centers Mm -hmm. um, so they can get really imbalanced. Uh, so So, i guess i've never taken the chakra class before Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so what is it like to 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 attend one or was it like to sure to to practice on you know uh i don't even know the right terms to sure so there uh we do something called seed sounds so they're mantras Mm -hmm. and there's mantras for each chakra and the way i do the immersion is we do one chakra each week and we really dive into the themes around that. And so there are poses, there are mudras, which are hand gestures that mm-hmm. we do for each one. And they are kind of like yoga poses for your hands. Mm-hmm. Right. There's um, also mantras, uh, Sanskrit mantras. Um, Sanskrit is the language 
the written language of yoga, right. um, but also spoken. And so uh, they mean something. So we do those. And uh, sometimes we're singing. And then we also do uh, yoga poses that really help balance, awaken, strengthen that particular chakra system. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. that's an interesting one to, yeah. to maybe explore also. And it then, is cool. Like, it is cool. I'll probably do, I'll probably do one on the on-demand, like a live stream on, of it, because I right. think, you know, it's, I think there's enough interest, you know, mm-hmm. that, um, uh, in the but spiritual do, things. But do you do that one individually right now? In, do you have a website for the chakra one as well? You mentioned that. Uh, yeah. So that's, um, that's at the, um, so yeah, so there's another website. <laughs> I have too many. Yeah, we'll have, no, no, I'll have all of those listed as well so that, you know, people can find you, obviously. That's more about the spiritual journey, the chakras. Um, And I I mean, I've taught chakra immersions on a weekend. And I remember one woman, just as an example, well, there's a couple of examples that are hilarious, but not so funny, really. But um, she was really... um, what I say, she just wanted to know what they were so she could teach yoga classes using right. them. And I warned everybody in a really kind way. I said, you know, when you, when you take a chakra class, things start to move. And <laughs> sometimes you're surprised by the movement. You might have dreams. Right. And she went home that night, apparently, and she was sick all night. And she came back and she was dizzy. She decided to take the rest of the class. And, um, she said, I don't know what you did, but something. Was I said, I didn't do anything. You just, made, you just became aware. And the same thing, I worked with this guy, a friend of mine, and uh, I worked on the second chakra. And I said to him, you know, I worked on a Friday, and I do energy healing. So I worked, mm-hmm. I just kind of cleared that energy center. I don't know how else to say it. I right. just cleared it for him. Right. And I said, you might, you know, you might feel tired you might feel energized you might feel emotional mm-hmm. you might feel you know all these different things mm-hmm. he called me the next day furious he said what the f did you do to me what did you do to me <laughs> i said all i did was move some stuff <laughs> and he was he was ill and he was nauseous and it happened right away but what it is it's kind of like when you do a cleanse for your body, you know, maybe I was you do say, like a 40 just, day cleanse. Yeah. So you go through I, the yucky part because your yeah, body's like, Oh, the to- what's going getting on? rid of the toxins. Right. So. Right. And then boom, you you're all better, you know, so by the, at the end of the day, the woman that took that class, she was much more connected to herself and what was really going on instead of getting all the rules and how you teach a chakra class so she could, you know, grow her business. Right. Mm-hmm, it was more mm-hmm. like, Oh, now I see this is about right. me and my healing. And, I'm going to share from a very different place. Yeah. Wow, that's <laughs> awesome. That I I don't think I have never taken a, a class before or experienced anything like that. Now, like mm-hmm. I said before, like I do meditation and that, you yeah. know, just to sort of find peace for myself. And you know, you do the 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 chanting, I guess, and just kind mm-hmm. of relaxing you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's a prayer in in your book, mm-hmm. um, but I do like the one that you say at the end of our class usually. Um, but Which I can never, and I've, I, and I've always wanted to. Oh, write is it Hari Om Shanti Shanti Shanti? 
No, no. The 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 there's one that you say that I when we're when we're finally relaxing at the end, and you say, "I am myself. I am aware." Oh, okay. Like yeah. the little. I say yeah, lots of different things. Yeah, like I know. That. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, I love that. I should ask her to write it down one yes. day, just so I can yeah. I can have that on um uh, mm-hmm. for myself." And I could say that to myself over and mm-hmm. over. But it was about mm-hmm. loving yourself and lo- being oh, present good. and being aware of, of yourself and being aware of your surroundings also, and and, yes. and finding peace in yourself. So mm-hmm. I, I felt you know mm-hmm. I was like in the last class I was with you. Um, oh my gosh, last year. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever we were doing that, I was like, I'm <laughs> gonna ask her to write that down. I know when we can travel, we must. <laughs> I must definitely do that again. So, do you also teach not only online? Do you teach a class in now? I uh, just share with everybody if you can where you, where you are in case they're sure. also interested because this is a global show as well. Um, yeah. So we may have some some listeners in the United sure. States. So if they could take a class with you, where would they take a, like an actual live class with you? Yeah, or well, do you do I'm that? A, at all? Yeah, I I only do online and. I do that for many reasons. Number mm-hmm. one, it's um, it's been challenging. I've been in Ohio for five years and I've tried lots of different ways to get classes going. Right. Um, and it's challenging for a number of reasons. Number one, I would say is location. And number two is accessibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and number three, just... Uh, everyone's really busy, you know, and it's hard right. to, it's hard to coordinate times. I've found, so I've, I've done workshops where there have been enough people, but I found the day-to-day effort um, was getting to me and I have limited energy. I have other, I have a transplant. I just have to watch my energy carefully. So mm-hmm. for me, I feel like I get to meet more people when I teach online. Now our, a lot of our yoga for amputee certified teachers around the globe teach local classes, which is what I was hoping for. So they're the ones that can go out and do the live classes when it's allowed again. Um, a lot of people go to support groups or right. teach at their studio. Um, wow. Or it's just that they will teach a regular, you know, I'll call it a regular class and, and, or an adaptive accessible class. And they'll say, you know, this class is accessible for amputees. I'm trained in mm-hmm. yoga for amputees so that, that amputees can come in too. Right. And they know, oh, okay, she, she knows what to do here. He knows what to do here. Right. You're really a pioneer of this movement, I would say. Um, you have a global group of, of instructors that teaches, mm-hmm. you know, amputee. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that's great. I mean, you know, for the yeah. amputee community as well. And, and yeah. really for everybody to, to make yoga accessible for everybody. And to your, right. to your point earlier about yeah. having to teach it, you know, not only to amputees, but to, to other um, abilities also. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important, mm-hmm. right? So if, yeah. if we can pick up something from from yeah. the book of, of of how to teach yoga to amputees, but also take that on and, and move it forward to to the other communities, I think that's great. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. um, what a great, great, you know, opportunity to, to have you in the show. Um, Thank I you. hope people take really a nice lot from here. it. Um, yeah. Just to remind everybody again, your website and um, sure. your websites uh, that they could sure. reach you and find you. Sure. I do want to. I do want to mention too that, with that in mind, that you know, one of the things that we're working on now is also more accessible classes in different languages, especially oh, wow. Spanish. So right. we have we have a teacher who's going to be doing Spanish classes and Italian. Um, I'm going to do some French classes, and again, the idea is want to make this available to whoever mm-hmm. um, can 
and then especially if they speak a specific language um, they'll be able to use that so um, oh, that's awesome so, yeah i feel good about that because yeah i mean i have friends all over the world that are amputees as you do right maybe their english isn't so great and they need to be able to do it too have you looked at translating so, your book then as well into different languages I have, uh, I don't, at this point, I'm not probably going to do that. I think it's, it's something that would cost quite a bit, mm -hmm. you know, if it, if it, go, if it hits a mark and then maybe, you know, right. can be translated, that would be fantastic. Right. Yeah. But do your classes in different languages and do mm -hmm. your instructions in different yep. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so that, yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's really great. <laughs> and, you know. Um, I'd be looking forward to that. Maybe in I know Filipino. it's actually try. We have we have one, a Filipino teacher. I wrote to her, but I haven't heard back because okay. I wanted her to, to do a class. Wow, you know, that's that's yoga is big in the Philippines. So yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. And uh, and also big in the sense that their classes are big. Right. So right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've I've taken some uh, when when we were there traveling a couple of years ago. So I think I. Oh my gosh, that was last December when I was there. Oh, <laughs> it just okay. felt like a year, like so yeah, long ago with this with this lockdown <laughs> that we have. So again, just remind everybody where they can find it and where can they sure. can also get the book. Sure. So uh, the book is called Yoga for Amputees: The Essential Guide to Finding Wholeness, and it's at Barnes and Noble and Amazon. And there's also an ebook form as well, so you can get it both. And people all over the world have it, so uh, it's not just you know, for the United States or Canada. Right. And then there's, there's three websites. So hopefully that oh, yes. confuse people too much. One is yogaforamputees.com. That's the main website. And that's for trainings. And, uh, but it will also direct you to the new website called Yoga for Amputees On Demand. And that's where you find out about all the videos and joining as a member and all of that. And then where I do the psychic readings and the oh yes, chakra. of course, yeah, we did. Yeah. We didn't even get a run to that. But please remind folks what that yeah. you know what yeah. what you do with that one as well. Yeah, so I do I do psychic readings and uh, Thursdays live on Facebook at one p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then you can set up a session. And the chakra immersion is on this website too, and that's called deepintoyoursoul.com. So those wow, are the three, three things I'm dabbling in at the moment. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, again, thank you for, for coming today and, and, and doing this mm -hmm. with me. I'm so excited to have you on as a guest. Like I said, mm -hmm. we met uh, four years ago. It was that four? Yeah, 2017. And, oh, my gosh. And I have just been following your journey. And, and, and again, just, just you know, never realized how much of a pioneer you are um, mm -hmm. uh, with uh, the yoga for amputees. So, so absolutely you know congratulations on everything that you've done thank and, you. and more thank power you. and more blessings to you this way and, and again thank, thank you, you for doing this with me and <laughs> and i'm sure we'll catch up as soon as you know the travel restrictions are done i know and i can't wait great. to see you <laughs> i know so, i know and uh, I, once again thank you so much for for doing this and i look forward to seeing you soon thank you so much I want to thank my friend Marsha Therese Danzig for doing the show today. What an amazing innovator and really a pioneer in adaptive yoga. Make sure you check out Marsha Therese Danzig and her work. I'll provide links to my website at www.aristotledomingo.com. Thank you for tuning in today. You can listen to the recording of the show and many others on the MPTO Show podcast on your favorite podcast app. If you have any comments or show ideas, please connect with me at the MPTO Show on Facebook and Instagram. Make sure you give a like and a follow for updates to the Amputee Show. 
Until next time, I'm your host, Aristotle Domingo, and this has been the Amateur Show Podcast.